0: It's a Saturday morning time once again for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. It is officially summer. Indeed. We waited a long time for this. It was a long winter here. Yes. yes, we have. What's going today on today? Going to talk, well, I thought today, Denny, I would talk about something very basic. Wine openers, cork pullers, that type of thing. You know, we're so fortunate today that so many wines come with screw tops and that's wonderful for picnics and everything else, but still uh, a great deal of wine, and all of the really great wines of the world have a cork finish. In fact, it took a long time for that to evolve. Uh, Can you imagine 100 years ago or 300 years ago uh, getting a wine bottle that had a a peg in it with that years ago or uh, 300 years ago, uh, getting a wine bottle that had a a peg in it with a rag soaked in oil, and that's how you stored the wine. So the use of cork, putting that cork in the bottle, which was developed in the 1600s, was a great step forward because what happened with the cork is it allowed the wine to breathe a little bit. Believe it or not, a little bit of air gets through that cork, and the wine ages beautifully when its bottle aged. And so that's a very popular thing, although... Bottles were expensive, corks were expensive, so it was reserved for very expensive wine, and the lesser wines were shipped in barrels and drank thusly. But today, an awful lot of wine comes in with a corkscrew, and I get all sorts of questions about corkscrews. But any kind of wine opener, uh, there's really three types. There's one with a worm on it, and the worm is that little curlicue thing that penetrates the cork. The other type is one that has two prongs either side of it and that slides down the bottle alongside each of the cork. Uh, And the last one is a needle where you inject uh, oxygen into the bottle and force the cork out. I don't recommend those air pump wine openers. I think they're very dangerous. I've seen bottles blow up many, many times when they've used uh, an air pump wine opener where a needle is inserted through the cork and air is pumped in, forcing the cork out. A tight cork can cause a problem. A flaw in the glass can cause a problem. It's just, in my opinion, a corkscrew to avoid. Uh, Now, the prong one, it has two prongs either side of it. The most common one is called osso. And what it does is they wiggle either side onto the cork. It's a back-and-forth movement by your hand all the way down as far as the two prongs will go. Then you twist it right out. So it what it does is surrounds the cork with this these bands, and you, it eases the cork out of the bow This is really good, particularly if you have a very old cork that's liable to disintegrate. And I always keep a couple of those around for really old wines. But the best type of one is the one with, which is... The cork puller, uh, basically, where you drive the corkscrew or the worm into the bottle by twisting and then operating it by pulling it out by using leverage. Uh, and waiter's corkscrews, a lot of them have a double lever in them, where you pull a little bit, twist a little bit more, and then the second lever pops it right out of the bottle. And that's what you see those in restaurants a lot. They're called waiter corkscrews. They fold up a bit like a pocket knife, and that is uh, perhaps the best type of corkscrew. That is my favorite. My favorite, though, is uh, called an Australian boomerang, and it's that same type of waders that you can fold up and put in your pocket. But on one end is a foil cutter. You usually have to cut the foil off of the uh, top of the bottle. You don't want to pour wine over that foil. Uh, It'll cause deleterious effects in the wine usually when you do that but so you want to cut that foil off in fact that foil you see waiters cut it off and insert corks fancily and all that other stuff but basically you could take it right off the whole bottle before you even open it up it serves no purpose other than to keep the top the cork top clean and finish off the look of the bottle in fact while we're on that everybody might wonder why does a waiter give you a cork after he's pulled it out of the bottle. Are you supposed to smell it? Are you supposed to chew at it? What are you supposed to do with that? Well, everybody would say, well, you smell it, obviously. Well, yes, but that'll tell you nothing. You'll smell the cork. Uh, The wine would have to be awful to really be noticeable on the cork. The reason you get the cork in a restaurant is an old tradition. Years and years ago, at the turn of the last century in the 1900s, Counterfeit wine was very popular in London, and all of the good wine houses decided they would ship their wines, In uh, the counterfeiters would order a, a barrel of cheap wine and then put all these fancy labels on it and sell it for different things. In other words, you'd order a Beaujolais, uh, or you'd order a bottle of, uh, say, a good Burgundy, and you'd get a Beaujolais, uh, which is a cheaper type of wine. Anyway, to prevent that, what they started to do was brand the corks and bottle their wine instead of shipping it uh, in bulk to the restaurateurs. It's no only shipping bottles. And on the bottle it would say Chateau Margaux in the vintage 1902 or something like that. And today that's the reason a waiter gives you the cork in the restaurant is so to ensure that the wine that you ordered is what you get, and if it's a good bottle of wine, their name is on the cork. And if it's a really good bottle of wine, their name and the vintage is on the cork. And that's uh, why you get the cork. But anyhow, we're talking not about corks, but about uh, cork screws. One of my favorite stories was uh, there's a corkscrew out called a scruple, and it started by a company uh, by the name of Herbert Allen was the fellow's name. And he flew to Minneapolis from Dallas to see me, wanted to sell me some of his corkscrews. And I tried to discourage him. I said, that's a long way to come. And, you know, I doubt if I'd buy very many corkscrews, especially yours, which is, uh, I think at the time it was fifteen ninety nine, and you could buy a pretty good corkscrew for 250 This is 40-some years ago, though. At any rate, uh, Herbert Allen came in. Because he was troubled and took the trip and all that other stuff, I bought two dozen of his scruple. And what he had done was put Teflon on the worm so it went in very easily, and you could twist it on the top very easily. His wife had arthritis and loved to drink wine, and she couldn't operate those wing-type corkscrews or or the lever-type. She didn't have enough strength in her hands because of her arthritis. So... She, He invented this scruple for her. Well, so I bought two dozen. And they were, like I said, about $15, dollars twelve ninety nine, something like that. A piece, uh, you could buy three or four of the other corkscrews for that. And I, about two days later, went uh, downstairs from my office and said to one of the wine stewards on the floor, I said, Harvey, where did you put those? Oh, he said, we sold out of them. I said, we sold out a two dozen $20, $15, whatever they were, corkscrews in one day. He said, well, everybody in the tri wants one. Well, I called him up and I ordered half a carload of them, uh, and they were a sensation. They sold like crazy. And Scruple is still a very popular one today, although Herbert Allen was long gone. But the it, it was a simple thing because it solved the problem that Teflon made the uh, worm go into the cork so much easier than uh, beforehand. And then the top, you just turn the top like you would turn a bulb into a socket, uh, and it worked just terrifically. One of the the other types of corkscrews are those wing corkscrews. These are popular and usually very cheap. You twist the top inside the cork, and as the cork goes in, the arms go up or the wings go up, and then you push the wings down, and out comes the cork. Well, almost every house you ever rent or apartment or hotel that has a that or something has one of these wing corkscrews with one wing missing. Uh, they're kind of cheap and fall apart pretty easily. Uh, scruple would be my best bet. Or, as I said, the waiter's friend with a double uh, lever, it makes it easy to do because of the double lever. The first lever doesn't require too much. Pressure and neither does the second one. So, those corkscrews are the best, in my opinion. The uh, corkscrews to be careful of, as I said earlier, are those pump corkscrews. They're very clever, almost ingenious. You know, some have CO2 cartridges, some you pump, etc. But they're dangerous because the bottles can have flaws in them, uh, the cork can disintegrate. Uh, the cork can be too tight and won't pop out and then you just burst the bottle with the pressure. So I'd suggest uh, steer clear of all those. Scruple is still a pretty good one. It's around $15 a bottle of uh, 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 scru- uh, corkscrew each one and it's great. So when you're opening older wines, I, as I said, I like those Osso, those double-bladed corkscrews because they slide in and slide out and the cork does it, when it's wine's very old, the cork usually uh, is quite crumbly, and so you you want to pull out that cork in in one piece. If incidentally, if a cork breaks and you get cork in the bottle, will it spoil the wine? Absolutely not. Just fish it right out, or pour the wine through a sieve, or a, a piece of paper toweling, or a piece of cheesecloth, etc. Uh, it's simple. And a lot, that isn't a cork wine. Somebody said, I put cork in it because the cork crumbled, it's cork. No, cork is a taint that goes into the wine from old corks that are tainted and has nothing to do with cork crumbling in the wine. But those are your choices. Uh, the types of wine are uh, the ones with a worm. And like I say, Scruple has a Teflon-coated worm, so if you have trouble using a, uh, a scruple, corkscrew in a bottle get the teflon coated corkscrew it helps a lot uh... the prong type which i don't recommend unless you are going to open a very old bottle of wine then you should have one of those and then the needle type which i absolutely do not recommend and my favorite is the australian waders i think they're called a boomerang because they have a foil cutter in the top and you can cut the foil off and then just a regular leveraged corkscrew Uh, they, while we're commenting on this kind of stuff, we talked about Sancerre last week. This week at all the Haskell stores, we're tasting Sancerre on our tasting Saturdays. Uh, we also, incidentally, have uh, three more boat trips. The boat trip last Saturday was just a tremendous success. We have lovely lunch. There's lots and lots of wines to taste, lots of different beers, and even some local uh, distillery products are available. So there's wine, beer, cider, etc., and a beautiful day on the St. Croix. They leave downtown Stillwater at about noon and come back around 3 o'clock. It's a wonderful afternoon uh, enjoying our beautiful scenic St. Croix River with some good wine uh, or your favorite spirits and beers. And there's lots of seats left mid July, mid August, and mid September. And while we're on that subject, last week uh, we talked about uh, six for 60 Father's Day. There's still some, and that goes off tomorrow, Sunday. There are, those six wines are Four Don Blanc. It's a wonderful Sauvignon Blanc from France. A uh, Bouvray Voltaire. A is a soft white wine, Chenin Blanc from the Loire Valley. Perfect to have with turkey, even turkey on the grill. Uh, there's Fog Mountain. Rose, it's a, cringe, a Grenache rose from France. Just terrific, wonderful wine to have sitting on the patio or, or it is in the Paris Our hamburger wine, La Paquita, is from Spain and it's a mixture of uh, Syrah, Madouvre, and Grenache. Wonderful hamburger wine. If you're cooking hamburgers on the grill, it is absolutely fabulous. And of course, Milange, our favorite Bordeaux from our friends, uh, the Vanesses uh, it's an 8-year-old Bordeaux from uh, 2005 or 2008. Uh, so it, it's drinking just beautifully right now. And so there you have it. I hope I've answered all the questions you might have had about any corkscrews. Fantastic, Jack. And, of course, uh, Haskell's, you can find not only corkscrews, but lots of stuff to connect with it. Uh, tell us about their locations, Jack. Indeed I will, Denny. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine, spirits, ciders, you name it. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington. And there's one in Excelsior right off the Excelsior dock if you're on Lake Minnetonka. There's a Haskell's in Fairboat right off of 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed, 22,000 square feet of wines from around the world. In downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury. And If you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com, and don't forget, at Haskell's, we do deliver. Absolutely. Jack, let's do this again next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. That's Jack Farrell from Haskell's.